You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Sex and relationship advice you can use tonight. Hey, hey, this is Jess O'Reilly, your friendly neighborhood sexologist here with my much better half, Brandon Ware. Hello. And we are here in Vancouver today. We're in town for the taboo, naughty but nice show down at the Vancouver Convention Center. And I'm going to be here all weekend with WeVibe. I'm hoping to do some live interviews on site, maybe with the people from the kink stage, maybe with some of the folks teaching bondage. If you're in Vancouver, come on down. It's running Friday, Saturday, Sunday at the Vancouver Convention Center. And today's a good day. I'm, I'm in a good mood because I got to fly on a 7879, the Dreamliner, this morning. I had a great flight. Babe, how was your flight? My flight was okay. I was flying with the dog, and she couldn't get comfortable. She kept walking all over my seat, crawling on me. So yeah, in between napping, working, and watching a show, it was an interesting flight. I had a smooth flight. I was all snuggled up by myself, stretched out. So I love airplanes, and the Dreamliner is my favorite airplane, and people ask me why, and it's because they pressurize the cabin 2,000 feet lower than on a regular airplane, and so you don't have the same effects and jet lag that you have in other planes. They also keep the humidity higher because of the material in the plane, and the airflow is better, and the windows are the best because they are the push-button windows, so you don't have to slide the blinds down. You just press a button to adjust the lighting of your window. Do you know why I like the Dreamliner? No. Because I feel like I'm not on a bus. Yeah, 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 it's true. You don't even feel really going up and down. It's a great plane. Yeah, it doesn't suck. It's quite nice. Hashtag not sponsored. (laughs) They definitely didn't give me any money. Speaking of sponsors, I have to say a big thank you to Desire Resorts and Cruises. Please check them out. We're getting ready for our cruise coming up in the fall and the red carpet cruise for the Cannes Film Festival and F1 in Monaco next year in May. And... You get to be naked if you want to. At the F1? No, not at the F1. <laughs> you can be pretty close to naked at the F1, I'm sure. I mean, I guess you could. You know what? I'm calling it F1. It isn't even F1, is it? Is it the Grand Prix? Oh, man. I thought it was F1 racing. I'm not... A, I'm not. We're embarrassing ourselves as yeah, Canadians. this is sad. Some Americans are going to come and correct us for sure. It's like hockey with wheels, eh? <laughs> All right, we are going to dive right in today. I receive many emails from people, and my inbox is generally full of unsolicited messages from men, which I delete and don't even look at, and people looking for advice on their dating and relationship lives. And I can't answer everyone, but we do try and answer some of them on the podcast. And today, we're going to be talking about what to do when someone says they're into you but they don't want to have sex and they seem interested in other people online. It's like a Taylor Swift song. I I don't know any Taylor Swift songs. Oh, man. Wait, I know. I just got called out, didn't I? No, I know delicate. No, am I getting that wrong? Yeah, completely. I think you just like hum delicate to happy birthday or something. No, but she has a song. Yeah, she does. And she doesn't sing Party in the USA. Different white person. (laughs) (laughs) A shorter one. It's Miley. It's Miley. 
<laughs> Miley Cyrus. That's that's me on Wrecking Ball. <laughs> Is that Taylor? No. No, that's we're not doing well here. Okay. Anyhow, well, Brandon's still friends with Adam Levine. I don't like him. Ooh, post Super Bowl. Don't know if we're friends anymore. Can we talk about that? The fact that he's allowed to take his nipples out. You know what? I don't know what to say about Adam Levine's nipples. Well, first of all, I think Adam has the right to free his nipple, but I would like to see Janet be allowed to show her nipples too. Also, if we go way back to Janet Jackson, I want to know why Justin Timberlake didn't take a big part of the heat because he was the one who pulled it off of her. Am I correct? Yeah, there's a whole lot of violations going on there that he should have been called out for. Yeah, and also Adam Levine's performance was not exciting to me. Anyway, we're not talking about that today, right? No. It's a whole other series of episodes. Yes. I hate Adam Levine. <laughs> Sorry, baby. <laughs> today we are speaking with a Canadian dater, Katrina. And Katrina emailed me last week asking for some insight on her dating dilemma with a guy who is ultimately sending mixed signals. And her story resonated with me because I hear it so often. So welcome, Katrina. How are you doing? I am great. How are you? Good. Thanks for being here. And I'd, I'd love for you to relay your story to everyone else listening. Well, thanks so much for having me here today. So my story, we, uh, my partner that I've been with, we haven't actually been, you know, serious together for all that long. So that's why at this point, it's a little bit more alarming when things like this kind of happen in the beginning as opposed to, you know, years into your relationship. So just a little bit of background, you know, he's been kind of dealing with some pretty stressful life situations. And, you know, I understand like a lot of stress can kind of take its toll on people, you know, both male and female, but it's kind of gotten to a point where, you know, I've just found that I've been getting a lot of words and no actions matching that, if you know what I mean where, you know, he'll, he'll tell me about how he feels about me, how much he loves me, you know, how amazing I am, but he doesn't actually make the effort to come and see me or spend time with me claiming that it's because of stress. And, you know, unfortunately, he's been completely not interested in, you know, anything physical. So the sex life's been really non-existent. And, you know, I understand that, you know, things happen and people go through stressful situations, but then, you know, not to, not to want to be that jealous girl. But when I noticed that, you know, he's been kind of all over his Instagram and is following and constantly liking photos of these half naked Instagram models, it, it kind of makes me feel like I'm almost inadequate, if that makes sense, you know, where my my partner who claims to be completely all about me doesn't want to have anything to do with me yet seems to have, you know, all the drive and interest in liking these half naked photos of Instagram girls. And so I was kind of not really sure how I should be handling this. If this is something that would be maybe just a phase or if this is something like maybe I feel like I'm not good enough or if I should just kind of cut ties and let him, you know, kind of deal with his situation because he's been pretty dependent on me to, to help him out a lot with, you know, taking on a lot of stress and whatnot. So there's a lot there. In that <laughs> yeah, I know. I just gave you an earful. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's, that's perfect because every situation is so unique and all of the smaller details 
play a role? I mean, first and foremost, have you had sex with him? Yeah. Okay, so you have had sex at some point. So I was going to say, I wonder if he wants to wait. And in this culture where it seems to be expected that you have sex if you're dating, I think it's hard for people to speak up about the fact that maybe they want to wait. Maybe they want to be committed. Maybe they want to be living together. Maybe they want to be married. But that's not the case for him. It sounds pretty straightforward. On one hand, stress is a boner killer, all sorts of boners, clitoral boners, penile boners. <laughs> and so it sounds like it's the stress, but the part that I would want to address with you is this business of not feeling wanted or not feeling good enough and the liking of Instagram photos suggesting one thing and then his actions suggesting another. I think the most important piece here is that it's probably not about you, right? If you know he's really stressed out, he wants to be sexual, but maybe he feels too stressed to be sexual in a physical, in-person way, but he's able to perform his sexuality and that performative, ma performative masculinity by being on Instagram saying, yes, I'm a man, I'm a you know, red-blooded male, I'm into women. And obviously that's going to take a toll on you because he's not communicating with you, I'm assuming. Well, yeah. And it, it, I'm not someone who's insecure and I've never felt like, you know, I was in competition with other women or ever had to worry about that before. And it only kind of started to come up when, you know, you get that feeling of, so you'll ignore me or, you know, you might not even write me back to my messages if we're texting, but you're sitting on Instagram with these girls. And that's kind of where, you know, I kind of start to wonder, like, is it something with me? Is this maybe something with him? Or am I, is it, you know, really related to kind of a stressful situation? And so that's where it was been kind of tough as a girl and kind of how it makes you feel as a woman when your partner doesn't want to come near you, but, you know, we'll, we'll be liking those kind of photos. Right. And I don't think it's you. Um, you've just added another piece, though, that shows me that maybe he's not being as respectful or mindful of your feelings in terms of not responding to your texts. And of course, everybody has different expectations and there's no universal set of rules. But I think it's fair to say, you know, if we're in the middle of a conversation, I don't expect you to walk away. And so my first inclination was to say, okay, this man is very, very stressed. So stressed, in fact, that he's lost interest in sex. He may be avoiding you because the physical contact feels too intimidating in light of his stressful situation because stress interferes not only with our libido, but also with our sexual response. So he may feel like for, perhaps he can't uh, get an erection or have a certain type of sex because of this stress. The Instagram liking to me suggests that he's still interested in sex, but not the physical kind because the stress is just taking a toll. But this added layer of, you know, not necessarily being respectful of your time or communicating in a way that makes you feel important that's a little more troublesome to me. Yeah, and I see what you're saying, you know, and I know how like stress can take a, a major toll on, on those kind of things. Um, so would you suggest that I maybe speak to him about it or? <laughs> I, I have a question. Kinda, I yeah. have a question if you don't want me asking. You said that your relationship, it's pretty, it's fairly early on. And yeah. I love that you guys are also communicating. Like, I mean, clearly your willingness to have this, to try and find a solution is admirable. Um, does, so it's early on. Does he feel the same way about a desire to work on the relationship 
the way that you want to? Well, the funny thing about that is he was the one who kind of came out wanting to move things forward and wanting us to get closer and, you know, work on things with me before I'd ever said it. So that, uh, that was a good thing at least. So I knew that we were kind of on the same page. I would definitely think so. Have you, (laughs) have you communicated this, the way you feel to him directly, or has it just been something that has started, started to come about and you don't really know where to go? Like, have you told him how you feel about this? Um, not entirely yet. I kind of wanted to wait and assess the situation and kind of figure out like, how should I handle it? What should I do before moving forward? And it, but it's been going on for a, a couple weeks now. Okay. So I think a straightforward chat is warranted. I also think that, you know, you have to be mindful of the fact that in our culture, we ex- expect men to be hypersexual, to be raring to go. And so when a man doesn't fall into that stereotype, and many men do not, about a quarter of men in some, in some research suggests that a quarter of men experience low sex drive to the point that it's distressful, there's an added layer of coming out with that low sex drive for men because it defies the cultural norms, right, around men being hypersexual. I can attest to that. I mean, there have been points in this relationship where our relationship, where I've felt like my sex drive has been less than Jess's sex drive. And it's been an awkward feeling for me to have because I think I'm taught I'm supposed to want it all the time. And that was difficult for me to kind of come to terms with. And then through conversation, like having this communication, I really, I I felt okay with it. The other thing that was a bit of a, 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 an awakening for me was when Jess expressed at one time how she really felt about something. And when I, when she said it in words, I immediately was empathetic and, you know, assured her that whatever, you know, this thing that she was worried about, she had absolutely nothing to worry about, but I didn't know. It's like, I had no idea to begin with. So maybe that's a good starting or a jumping off point. Yeah. So maybe just kind of communicating how I feel and just being open and honest about it would be, a good way to kind of tackle it first instead of just walking away. Yes. I mean, I'd have the conversation and also, you know, you want to give him permission to express what he feels. So if what he feels is I want you, I like you, I'm attracted to you. I just can't get in the mood for sex right now. Or I want you, I like you, I'm attracted to you. I just don't want sex generally. Um, I think he needs permission to be able to say that because we, we do live in a culture that is so prescriptive and demanding and narrow in, I think, what's allowed around sexuality, particularly for straight men. Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. He's actually supposed to be uh, coming to see me tonight, hopefully, so we can maybe have like an actual conversation around it. Yeah, and I think it's so important to not you know, pathologize your partner. I think sometimes it's easy to feel like something is wrong with them, but it's not necessarily that something is wrong with him. The only thing here is a bit of a communication gap. Now, if he's open to hearing what you have to say and offering you reassurance, I'd say that's a really good sign. I also understand that it may not be easy for him to to admit this, right? I think, I mean, Brandon, you can speak to the fact that it, it can feel emasculating. Yeah, I mean, it's, like I said before, it's a difficult conversation to have. And it's a difficult thing to have to, you know, reflect on and then be like, yeah, this is the way that it is. And the other thing 
that plays a big role. You had brought up Katrina that, you know, he's very stressed at the moment. Like there are things that happen. There have been things in, in my life that have happened where I'm like, man, sex is the last thing I'm thinking about right now. And I don't know what's going on with him, but again, a couple of weeks, a couple of months, I mean, we all have needs that need to be communicated, but at the same time, like what, what else is happening that might be affecting him? And the other piece is some people just don't want sex. I, I, that may not be the case in this case because you've had sex with him. But, you know, just like it's normal to want sex twice a day, it can be normal to not want sex at all. And so you have to communicate so that you don't run into incompatibility and end up, you know, at an, at an impasse. I do think the Instagram model liking is an issue I'd want to address. And I know that's a tricky one because when we admit to feeling jealous or threatened, what we're looking for from our partner is reassurance. And oftentimes what our partners respond with is defensiveness because they feel they've done something wrong. And so in that, that defense, defensiveness often comes across as criticizing you, right? Oh, you're just jealous. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. We are all jealous. We all get jealous. We all get insecure. It is a state of being that fluctuates. It's not something you are all the time. And so I would hope that he'd be open to reassuring you. And I mean, you have to tell him what you need in order to feel reassured. But I I can see that if I feel like if, if Brandon wasn't interested in me and he was just looking at models online and I could see that he was liking all of their photos. And of course, I'm never going to measure up to those models because in real life, those models don't even measure up to their Instagram photos. That's, that's a tough one. Yeah, but I mean, let's, I mean, if you were to say that to me, if you were to be like, hey, you know, communicating that it makes you feel insecure, vulnerable, or just not great that, that I'm doing that, I guess, how, how, how do you anticipate him, you know, responding to that inquiry? I mean, I would want him to say, I don't know. So I guess I'd want him, I have to think about this. I'd want him to say something like, you know, you don't have anything to worry about. Um, I, I admire you. I want you. I mean, I, I wouldn't want him to pretend that I'm the only attractive girl in the world. I mean, Katrina, maybe you can answer what you're hoping for. Um, it would just kind of be nice if he would kind of give that reassurance that it's, you know, that it's not, it's not like that. I don't have to feel like I'm in competition and that I'm still, you know, the person that he wants to be with. I mean, the only thing close to that that I'd ever asked him in the last couple of weeks was I asked him, you know, like, are you actually into me? And his response was, you know, to tell me like, of course, why would you think that? You're such a hot, amazing woman. Why wouldn't I be into you? But then, you know, you kind of see the behavior continue and it kind of, it kind of makes you wonder. And like, honestly, it just makes a girl feel awful. Yes. And I think even just looking at those photos in and of themselves can make everybody feel awful. I mean, I know that from experience and I know that from the data, but I really think if you start this conversation with the assurance that you are committed to working on the relationship, so you underscore that and you lead with love and give him permission to be vulnerable, to be honest, to defy gender norms around sexuality. And when it comes to the Instagram piece, it's not an accusation. You speak about your own feelings as opposed to, you know, his specific behavior. Um, You can talk about your response to his behavior, how it makes you feel. I would hope and I would anticipate that if he's committed to this too, you're going to have a fruitful conversation. 
that's a good suggestion and a really good way to handle it when I do bring it up because it's it's kind of a tricky subject, you know, not wanting to come across as the the jealous girlfriend who's just getting upset about the Instagram likes, but kind of more focused on, you know, when we're going through this and we're in this situation, but you're still, you know, doing X, Y, Z, this is how it kind of makes me feel. The vulnerability component for me is huge. Like as soon as Jess says something where she's like, I'm not accusing you. I'm not angry. I want to have a conversation. I want you to know how I feel to me. I immediately, like it, it breaks down the wall. You know what I mean? My first go-to is to listen and to understand, hopefully it is, I'm not like getting defensive. And then to hear what she has to say to assure her. So leading, like you said, like Jess said, that way to me is, is a great way to get the conversation rolling. And I always think that some of the most powerful words you can express to anyone are, I am struggling with. So you're making it about your own struggle and your emotional reaction. And I think that can be really disarming. And let's be honest, it doesn't mean on the spot you're going to have a perfect conversation. Will he get a little defensive? Maybe because he's human, but hopefully, you know, you're, you're able to manage that roadblock. And I can try. I think that I think that's <laughs> some really good advice and uh, definitely starting off with, you know, making sure that he, he feels like he's allowed to be vulnerable and making sure he kind of feels, you know, like safe and like I'm not attacking him and just trying to accuse him of things is definitely the best way to start and then kind of seeing how it flows from there. Yeah, so I, I, think, I think you're ready for this conversation. Uh, I wanted to have this conversation because so many people go through multiple components of your story. One partner not being interested in sex, one partner avoiding the other because they don't want to confront the experience and, and have a real conversation, one partner perhaps responding to the other's social media behavior. So if, if anyone listening is going through this, hopefully, you know, Katrina's story will, if nothing else, inspire you to talk to your partner in a constructive way. I hope so too for all the ladies out there that are, uh, you know, facing similar, similar situations because there's no way I'm the only one. No, absolutely. And so if you're talking to him tonight, maybe you'll check back in with us and let us know how it goes. Absolutely. I'll, uh, I'll be sure to send you an email and kind of fill you in on how everything went. Good. Yeah. We're wish wishing you the best of luck and uh, it sounds like you're, you know, you're already equipped and you just needed to flush this out a little. A little bit. And plus, you know, being, being the girl, sometimes you kind of wonder and feel a little insecure at moments, you know, is it me? Is it not me? But uh, thank you so much. I think this, uh, it actually helps a lot too, to kind of secure that I'm not, it's not definitely something wrong with me. And it's kind of more revolving around what he's going through. Right. Yeah. That it doesn't it mean there's anything wrong with yeah, nothing wrong with either of you. It's situational. And, uh, you know, as much as you're feeling insecure, he's probably feeling insecure too, because he's human and we all go through this. So good luck tonight. And we'll wait to check in with you next week. Yeah, good luck. Thank you so much, you guys. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I believe Katrina's situation involves a really important discussion. And I think there are some important lessons to be drawn from her story, her experience. And I, you know, obviously hoping for the best tonight in her conversations. And I hope 
Katrina, that you're feeling well, uh, first and foremost, it's a reminder that we really need more space for gender fluidity when it comes to well, everything, but especially sexual and emotional expression. If you have a partner whose baseline doesn't align with gender norms, it's important that you go out of your way to reassure them and really give them permission and space to be themselves, whether it's sexually, emotionally, or practically. And I can see that, you know, Katrina's already there. But, you know, we're all afraid of rejection especially when that rejection has to do with a social norm. Because as humans, we have relied on social support throughout our history on this planet to survive. So when you experience social rejection, it can actually activate the fight or flight response. Because historically, rejection could put you at physical risk. And so when you fear your partner rejecting you, Though you can get that cortisol spike, you can become a little bit less rational, you can be more focused on your own survival and not on compassion and collaboration. And so as evolved humans, we ha- you know, we're no longer in the wild, it's not a saber-toothed tiger out to get us. We have to learn how to manage rejection. We have to train ourselves to better understand that rejection isn't about you. It's not about you. It's often about your partner. It's often about the circumstances. It doesn't mean that you're going to be left in the cold in a cave, um, you know, vulnerable to attack. And I want to talk more about this on an upcoming podcast. I'd love to bring in a psychologist who specializes in research around rejection because it is our big fear in relationships. It's what holds us back from expressing our expectations. It's what holds us back from pushing our comfort zone, and it holds us back from communicating with our partners. Either we fear rejection for ourselves, or we fear that they're going to feel rejected, and then we say nothing. Getting called out by somebody that you care about really sucks. Speaking from personal experience, (laughs) when that happens, it's the worst. And my inclination is to get my back up and be defensive and make excuses. But I had to learn to listen. And when I learned to, to listen and take ownership, that was a big game changer for me. But you talked about gender fluidity. And it's really interesting because we were speaking to, a, I was speaking to a gentleman the other day and he specifically said to me, he said, I'm not into sports and I'm not really into like UFC and things like that. I'm more feminine. And it was interesting to me that he said sports and like UFC and not being a man as a result of that. And I'm like, how messed up is it that he feels he feels insecure because he doesn't like those things. Like right. it's just screwed up. Right, and he should feel great about himself. And it's interesting the word feminine because I think people look at me and I present very feminine. Yeah, and you throw a sick spiral. Right. Which can be feminine. Of course. Or can be masculine. And you know, I'm very into sports. Um and I guess I, I grew up with the privilege to express myself with a good degree of fluidity like I'm into sports but I also like to cook I like to wear high heels I don't like to go shopping and I think really we just need to remind ourselves that we need to make more space for people to express themselves this is you know Katrina's example is is a very specific example but overall young people would be happier people would find more fulfilling relationships we'd feel more confident we'd create space for more 
representation in, in the workplace, for example, if we were open to more flu- fluidity in every arena. And it's funny because I grew up in the exact opposite environment where it was very much about ex- expressing your masculinity. And now I'm in a completely different environment. And honestly, it feels way better. You just like what you like, don't like what you don't like, and own it. Yeah, and I, I imagine it's it's very liberating. No, I mean, I don't feel 100% comfortable in my skin. I, I still feel pressure in certain environments to conform. Yeah, and so do I. I of course, not completely comfortable, but certainly a lot more comfortable than I did before. Yeah, so we, we ultimately, we hope the same for you. We hope this discussion, you know, is, is a reminder that maybe you can be a little bit more open to your own desires, a, a little bit more supportive of your partner, and approach them with sensitivity. Um, it's not that I feel like, oh, you have to be more careful with men because you don't want to emasculate them, but it's for anybody who is not conforming to a gender role in any way, it can feel really daunting. And that fear of rejection is is a really intense fear. So we're going to leave it at that for now. It was cool talking to Katrina. You know, we're relatively new to podcasting and we haven't taken a lot of just regular callers. So that was that was cool. We'll do it again. If you have questions or you want to chat or if you have a story you want to share, we'd love to hear from you because your stories and your encounters and your anecdotes obviously are, are more valuable than just the two of us. So thank you to you for listening. Thanks, babe, for being here. Yeah, that was great. I really hope things work out for Katrina. I feel like she's on the right path. Agreed, agreed. And thank you to Desire Resorts, wherever you're at. Have a wonderful weekend. If you come to the Vancouver Taboo Naughty But Nice show and you are a podcast listener, make sure you come say hi. Brandon likes to be recognized. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Have a great week, folks. You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Improve your sex life. Improve your life.